What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We are are doing this show with less of the it's, – it's a bit stripped down today. Uh, got home late last night, so I'm actually recording this. It is 7.09 a.m. on Thursday, and no picks. I know I said I was going to drop a picks pod. That's not what's going to happen uh, too much has happened in the Big Ten since I decided to go on vacation. Uh, that tends to be the, the – I tend to go on vacation maybe the worst times in the Big Ten, like in Big Ten season. Uh, it, it's been a crazy 10 days since I, I've, I've dropped a pot. No, it's, it's, been, it's been a crazy week. No, 10 days, 10 days. I think it was, um, no, it was last Thursday. Sorry. I'm getting all my dates confused. If you like the podcast, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, leave me an email. Uh, Matt Greenberg, uh, out of Michigan country sent me a really, really thoughtful, uh, email, obviously asking uh, a bit about what, what should a fair penalty be uh, against Michigan? I thought it was a a, a thoughtful email and, and really appreciate you, Matt. Appreciate you listening to the show. Um, and I'm going to obviously get into some of the penalties and some of the, the stuff going on with Michigan. Before I do that, I, I want to talk about the, the word, I believe it's official now. David Braun is going to be retained by the Northwestern Wildcats. This is coming off the heels of winning another game, beating Wisconsin, which, you know, Wisconsin has kind of fallen on hard times. I think a big part of that is losing their their two best players and Chesma Lucy and, and Braylon Allen. And they're a bit talent deficient. I think it's going to take, you know, I thought Luke Fickle would be able to get things going Obviously, the, the things have kind of fallen apart the past few weeks. I, I think the Braylon Allen injury really hurts them. I mean, really hurts them because they don't have another back that is dynamic and that can really, really be effective for them. And so your weapon, they have no weapons. And yeah, I think we're seeing the youth and the need to really rebuild uh, I, I don't think I realized how much of a rebuilding job Wisconsin would be and how much their running back room really disguised their deficiencies. That being said, David Braun, 5-5, five and five, promoted to full-time head coach. It's absolutely the right move. He was given a dumpster fire, and he's on the verge of getting to a bowl game. Even if he doesn't get to a bowl game, Nobody had five wins on the table. Nobody. Like maybe two, right? He he is he needs to be coach of the year. Right? And that's saying something because d- despite the fact that Greg Schiano and Rutgers got smoked last week, they have been the darling of the Big Ten, as they should be. As they should be. I don't care that they just got beat 22 to nothing by Iowa. It's tough to go Ohio State and then on the road at Iowa. That that's a tough ask. And and I I didn't anticipate that. But with a young team with still I think a talent 
a less talented team to go from Ohio State to at Iowa, that's a really tough call. So good for for, for David, you know, Greg Schiano deserves his flowers. David Braun is clearly the coach of the year in the Big Ten. Has to be. He has to be. Five and five. You know, you look at his, you know, their remaining schedule. You know, they have Illinois at the end. And, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with, with Illinois. Right? Like, Illinois has been... They've been better as of late, right? They they just escaped Indiana, and then they they host Purdue this week. They could win one or both of those games, now, and even if they don't, even if they don't, just really great. I mean, really great coaching job. Five and seven when this team. I think people were shocked that they they got to one win and maybe even two. So just a heck of a job by David Braun. So that that's first first order of business. Second order of business. Mike Yersich fired by Penn State. I will be completely honest. They need to fire the whole. They they need to fire everybody but Manny, Manny Diaz. James Franklin is is done. And particularly if you want to get to the next level. They've been teetering at this kind of the the good to great for the past six years, since 2017. They have far more talent to not to, to muster eight point or no six points and nine points. Uh, when the game is is still at hand, right? Against Ohio State, they really scored six. They they had the game. Uh, they they had a late touchdown drive when Ohio State was in prevent defense because prevent defense doesn't prevent anything. And then they had nine points until they scored late to make it look more respectable against Michigan. Um, I mean, it the offense was atrocious again. And I get your receiver room is not what it was. I get that. But there's always an excuse. There's always an excuse for why they're, they're coming up short. And at some point, like, they recruit well. They've gotten good, good transfers. If, if you are content with 10-2 and two and being third in the division, well, and, and as the Big Ten expands... If you're content with that, then you keep James Franklin. But but the reality is he's not going to get you to the promised land. Not the way Ohio State's recruiting. Not the way Michigan is rolling, although Michigan's going to lose a lot this year. And not with USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington coming to town. Like this is this is not good. I think I think getting rid of, rid of Yursich makes a lot of sense, but the reality is this has been James Franklin's track record, and so you're if you're Penn State, you're at a at a crossroads at this point. Do you 
Do you stay content with being where you are? Or do you try to make a splash? And there's risk in that, right? Because Nebraska, with Bo Pelini, was kind of where Penn State was. Now, Nebraska is at a much bigger recruiting disadvantage, right? They're, they're, especially when they were no longer tied to Texas. But do you fire a coach that has almost guaranteed nine or ten wins every season in hopes of getting 11 and 12? Or do you go for someone that might be able to do some do something more. I don't know. I Mike Yurcich called that game pitifully. But I think what was worse about that game was some of the decision making. I don't understand why you go for two in the first half. 14 to 10 it means that if Michigan kicks a field goal, which they did, it's a seven-point game, not an eight-point game. It means late in the game, when you're, you know, maybe you, you could kick an onside kick and find a way to get back in the game. Instead of having to go for two to make it a one-score game, which again, they didn't even have to go for two at that point. You just have to kick the extra point. I don't know what math or what analytics are saying, but James Franklin's analytics are wrong, and they're wrong most of the time. I, oh, it, it was it was a poor performance. It, it was a poor coaching performance, in which the the coaching staff on the other sideline didn't know who was going to be the head coach of that team that day until a couple hours before. That's all you need to know about this situation. This roster this roster is a top 5 roster in all of college football. It has not played like it. And granted, they've they've beaten decent teams, right? Like they beat an a, an okay West Virginia team. They dominated a top 16 Iowa team. Right? This is not about, is Penn State good? Of course they're good. People who are saying that they're average, Greg McElroy, shut up. Just stop it. Penn State's really good. Do you want to be elite? Mike, getting rid of Mike Yurcich is the right call. The offensive coordinator, whoever the offensive coordinator is, they, they need to get someone who is inventive, someone who can make good decisions, be not, help them become more dynamic on offense, be more consistent on offense. All those things are true. I still don't think, even if you get if you get Joe Moorhead back, if you get some other brilliant-minded offensive coordinator, I don't think it matters if you got Franklin on the sideline. He has proven that he cannot break through. And so you, you have a big decision on your hands. And realize, Penn State fans, if you make that call, it does not mean it's going to get better. You might end up going five and seven a couple seasons. 
You make the wrong hire, you're in a lot of trouble, especially with the way the conference is shifting. That leads me to Michigan. And there's a lot I could say about Michigan and everything going on there. I want, I want to start with the Penn State game. A lot of people are making making a lot of hay about 32 runs to close out the Penn State game. First, first of all, Michigan did their job. They won. They won without Harbaugh. That deserves kudos. I don't know if it deserves tears at the end of the postgame. We'll get to that. But it's it, – it, they deserve a lot of kudos. I thought they should have moved ahead of Ohio State in, in the CFP rankings. Um, I thought Georgia also deserved to move ahead of Ohio State. I, I, I don't – again, I'm still not sold on Ohio State despite the fact that they just beat the tar out of the, out of the Spartans in, in a score that is not indicative of how much Ohio State controlled that game. Here's my point. The 32 runs is a bit misleading because people are like, oh, they dominated. They didn't have to throw a pass. That's true because their defense, similar to Ohio Ohio State when they played Penn State, they knew that Penn State didn't threaten them offensively. That's why. It's not because they were dominant in the run game. The reason why Michigan could run out run out the clock and it was smart was because they knew their defense was good enough but their run game was not very good yes they had a couple of big runs i think Blake Corm had a 44 yard run and the 30 yard dagger touchdown realize that all 10 points that Michigan scored in the second half were either on a turnover off of a turnover or on a turnover 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 on downs in their in Penn State's own territory, which was the dumbest call, by the way, by Penn State. The Michigan Penn State game came down to one thing and one thing only, and it was not Michigan's dynamic run game. They had some good plays, but they were not dominant. All this stuff about Michigan being dominant in the run game is just nuts to me. The reason why they were dominant is because they played a poorly coached team. Plain and simple. And I would, again, I would still pick Ohio State to lose to Michigan next week. But I don't think it's as big of a disadvantage as people are saying. You got Colin Cowherd saying that Michigan's going to win by three or four scores. I don't think so. I don't think this team is as dominant in the run game as people are are saying. Which leads to, I think, the, the next... It doesn't necessarily lead to it, but it, the, the next thing I want to get to, and then I'll, I'll finish with this. Jim Harbaugh uh, suspended indefinitely as the investigation goes on. A lot of people have some really odd takes on what's going on in Ann Arbor. I think what the Big Ten did, and I know I'm going to get some hate for this, 
was right. I don't think they went far enough, actually. I don't think Harbaugh should be allowed to coach. And the, but the reason for that is not why you think. And I, I responded to Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Greenberg, who was asking about fair penalties. This, this, is, this investigation is about something that is completely unprecedented, that threatens the integrity of the game. And the NCAA, while they are the most incompetent organization in maybe the world, it might be a little hyperbole, they have something on Michigan that is, has violated the rules and has given Michigan an unfair advantage. Now, before Michigan fans get upset, do we know how big the unfair advantage is? No, because no one's ever done this before. No one's gone to this degree of uh, violating rules to get those stolen signs. So was it worth 10 points? Was it worth 20 points? Was it worth one point? We don't know. What we know is that there's something nefarious, something that violated NCAA regulations. And it wasn't stealing signs. It was how the signs were stealed, stolen. It was how they were stolen, which Michigan beat writers have just completely screwed up over and over and over and over again. And I am exhausted by their incompetence. I'm exhausted by Desmond Howard's incompetence and his hypocrisy. I am tired of President Ono and Jim Harbaugh and Sharon Moore talking about how they're the victims. They're not the victims. They're players, no offense, they, they're, they're players, are they, are they victims? Maybe. Are they as big of victims as everybody else they played? No. So this whole victim card is stupid. The tears after the game, no offense, is stupid. You're being investigated for something that was illegal and wrong. You can cry after you're, you're found innocent. If you're found innocent. But who I don't blame is the fans. And I can understand why fans are up in arms. But the, the information coming from the athletic director, the president, all that has been ridiculous. And the beat writers have not helped at all. Now, that, that's, that, that leads to my point. Whenever there is something going on that involves an investigation at, at maybe the highest levels, the standard practice for several organizations is to, to have people take administrative leaves or, or to go on an involuntary suspension. And often what that does is it lets the smoke settle as an outside organization figures out what actually happened. Michigan did it with Connor Stallions, right? He was being investigated. And when there was more fire to that smoke, he was let go. 
Now, I I don't think Michigan is going to fire Jim Harbaugh. I think they're they're really digging their heels in and they're saying, "Hey, you want to come after us? Come after us. We're we've got we're waiting for you." Like they're going to fight this thing. And and in some ways the way that the NCAA has responded to other issues, that's their prerogative. I don't think they should fight with the victim card. I think the victim card is stupid. It's absolutely ridiculous. But to stand up to the NCAA when the NCAA has punished teams for trying to work with them absolutely makes sense. They absolutely should fight this. But I think the more they play the victim card, the more that they're going to tick everybody else off. Um, But the, the fact that they're fighting it, they absolutely should fight it. And I'm all for that. Like, I, I think the NCAA has shown that they will make the absolute worst decisions when, when you try to cooperate with them. So why would you cooperate with them? Which, I, as, as a moral, <laughs> as a Christian who wants to submit to the rules and regulations, the authority... I, I don't like that. That's not how I – that's why part of my frustration with the NCAA is they are nonsensical. And so I, I don't agree with Michigan's tactic, but I think it makes sense. That's that's prime point. But I think in this sense, Michigan was not going to do anything but congratulate Jim Harbaugh and, and elevate Jim Harbaugh. And if there's an investigation surrounding, did he know or not? Did he, like, I, I, I almost would have said, you've got to, you've got to remove him not just from coaching on Saturdays, but from being around the program in general, and because otherwise, you, you really don't know the effect, you know, how, what he knew, what he didn't, and you don't know how much this is still affecting the integrity. Obviously, they didn't do that, but a lot of people are still upset that the Big Ten may have over, over. Reached. I, I think they this this is a slap on the wrist. If we're being honest, it's a slap on the wrist. And it's a, the Big Ten saying we are gonna wait for the NCAA to to bring down the punishment. Now for Michigan fans, and you say that this is a slap on the wrist, notice what you're complaining about. Harbaugh may not be on the field for his thousandth win. Or for Michigan's thousandth win. That's what you're complaining about. But let's be honest. Sharon Moore has already proven he can be he can coach. He was in a big game against a top ten team and came out with what what should have been a double digit win. They're fine. Now, the the timeout, you know, when should you call timeouts, everything like that? You know, against Ohio State, maybe that matters. But I, I think you have to understand this is this is not that big of a deal. Especially because he can be with the team. And if anything, this galvanizes Michigan. Like they need anything else to galvanize them. Gives them an angry team, a focused team, a frustrated team. And so I I I think it's I think the Big Ten had to do something. And I, I think Michigan fans who are upset that they did something need to chill. I know, you're fans. You want to be upset. It makes sense. 
But I'm just saying, this is, this is actually standard practice in the real world, right? Administrative leaves make sense. They're not calling it that. It's a suspension. But this is what happens. And I think you got to stop playing the victim card. And I, I, I want to say that less to fans and more to the beat writers they might, that you guys might listen to and to the athletic director. Listen, you're being investigated for cheating. You'll either be cleared or you won't. And if you're cleared, then you can be frustrated. But like, until then, you know, take it like, take it like a man. Right? Like, you know what's, what's frustrating is if this, if this shoe were on the other foot, if this were Ohio State, I mean, you, you would have wanted Ryan Day fired, you know, years ago. Right? Everybody remember when Chase Young got, uh, he borrowed money that he paid back and he got suspended for four games and it was brought down to two. And everybody was up in arms. Why? Because he came back for Penn State and Michigan. You're like, oh, it's such like the Big Ten to do that. He got suspended for two games because he borrowed a couple hundred bucks to fly his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl. And by the way, Desmond Howard, he insinuated that it was worse. Why? Because it was an Ohio State player, not a Michigan player. Chase Young, I mean, game record for Ohio State, right? Had, what, three sacks against against Penn State, had four sacks against Wisconsin. But because he, quote-unquote, cheated, because he borrowed money that he paid back, like, he got punished. And nobody was sympathetic to them. I think everybody was like, the NCAA is stupid, which it, it tends to be that way. But nobody was in, nobody outside of Ohio State at that point was like, oh, poor Ohio State. They should, no. They were like, yeah, Ohio State cheated. And it's like, yeah, Chase Young violated a rule. It's a stupid rule, but it was a rule. It's, it's the same thing here. Now, this is not a stupid rule. Uh, well, we can get on the, the dynamics of whether it's dumb or not. I, I think it proves that they need to allow in-helmet communication with the quarterback. But that's, that's besides the point. Anyway, here, here's, here's if I had to boil this down, here's a few things. One, I, I think Michigan's performance, if I'm a Michigan fan, I, I'm actually a little concerned. Because I still don't think they're as dynamic as people like that 32 straight run thing it's not even accurate because there was a pass interference call right but I think they had one they had maybe two or three runs that were seven yards or more a lot of them were zero two three yards and then the 30 yard run to ice it but all 10 of their points was either off a turnover or a turnover on downs in the second half that's not dominant offense that's a team that knows, okay, we're going we're gonna to force Penn State's offense to beat us. And they couldn't. That's, that's what that was. And if I'm 
If I'm Michigan, I'm a little concerned about that because Ohio State, they have more answers offensively. And I think if Penn State, if Ohio State can shut down Michigan's run game, I think J.J. is good. I, I don't, yeah, I just don't know. I would still pick Michigan because they're at home. I think they have the psychological edge. But so that's point one. Point two, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh are not victims here. Now at the end of this, if all the smoke is cleared and Jim Harbaugh is not culpable and he didn't know anything, then he'll be cleared. But this is part of leading an organization. You get a lot of stuff thrown at you. That's just the reality. Like all the sob stories, all the, like, this is what happens. Like, it stinks, but this is part of being, being a leader. This is part of leading men. This is part of leading a team. When you're the head guy, everything's your fault, whether it's directly your fault or not. So the, the president coming out, the athletic director coming out, the, the players coming out saying we're victims. This, stop it. You're not victims. At best, you didn't know, they didn't know about it. And at worst, they did. Like no father who like finds out that his son was doing something wrong and didn't know. Like no father's like, oh, poor me. He's like, I can't believe I didn't know about this. Like it's, it's, it's absurd. It's the wrong message to the, to the culture, quite honestly. So that, that's the second thing. The, the third thing is the penalty is more than fair right now with what the Big Ten did. And listen, I get it was right before the Penn State game. It was, you know, bad timing. But you know what? This, this is an unusual circumstance. This, this isn't um, a hamburger over a recruit. Like, this is something bigger. And so they they knew that they had to make a decision. They made the decision. I, I And the, my last thought here, I would not be surprised if Harbaugh gets an injunction and is able to coach the last two games of the season. I think, I think Harbaugh's on the, on the sideline for the Ohio State game. And I think he sh- you know, I think that would, I think, I think that's going to end up happening. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. But I think I think ultimately he's going to be on the sideline for that game. So that's my my final thoughts. Thanks for listening. I will I don't know if I'm going to drop a picks pod. I I don't I have a lot to catch up on here. But appreciate you guys listening. I will have a recap video, recap podcast on Monday and then we'll have a couple of bonus episodes next week. So Thanks for listening. Take care. God bless.